1: Welcome to Spiritual Insights and the latest installment in our Masterclass Educational Series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil. I'm joined today by my special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, who has served as channel for Mother Mary since 1994, allowing Mother and her distinct voice to share universal truths and lend guidance for the human journey. Danielle and Mother Mary join me on the second Wednesday of each month at 3 p.m. Eastern. After a brief discussion with Danielle... She will allow Mother to come through to speak. Please note that we do not take live calls from listeners during segments with Mother Mary. Danielle has connected people worldwide with Mother's love and grace through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events to inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness. Visit BelovedPublications.com to learn more about Danielle and Mother's courses and events and to purchase their book, Mother Mary's Pathway to Love, building a loving relationship with yourself that will transform your life. If you'd like to follow Mother's teachings more closely, you can do that in several ways. First, you can tune in to Danielle and Mother's appearances on Conscious Talk Radio on the second Friday of each month. Visit ConsciousTalk.net to access those segments. You can also visit the Mother's channel on YouTube to access tremendously profound videos of Mother speaking on a variety of subjects. New videos are uploaded every two weeks. You can review, finally, the archives of our discussions on the website, spiritualinsightsradio.com, and we would welcome your thoughts and your feedback. Well, today's going to be a very interesting dis- discussion, and join me in welcoming Daniel back to the show. Hi, Danielle.
2: Hey, Charlotte. Great to be here today.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to talk with you again, and things are very interesting, and today's topic is interesting. In that, uh, Mother indicated she wants to discuss how we can sometimes be our worst enemies, and I think we could all use a boost in that area insofar (laughs) as being your best friend instead of beating yourself up for the circumstances that you're in. You know what I mean? Yes,
2: yes, that is, uh, I like, that's a great way to put it, being your own best friend. That's a really great way mm-hmm. to
1: put it. I like that. Thank you. Mhm. How's my mic holding up so far, Danielle?
2: Uh, so far, so good. Uh, I took myself okay. off the head uh, headsets because uh, it was it kept cutting out, but now it's better. So I think it was maybe my headsets
1: so that were doing it. Okay. On we go. Oh boy. So where do we start? I think um, with me. I have a tendency towards self pity, and that's where mm-hmm. I start to sink. Remember, I I said self pity is my banana peel, and so you yeah. know you go you're like bogging right into the fire. <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> right, right. I I you know it's funny. I just did a blog post today on um, where I talked about a little bit about self pity and how that has been a, a real lifelong. Um, Real big issue for me, um, and it was because the the video that got released today, Mother's video, is on courage, and of course, as always, she brings this awesome perspective to courage, and it just oh, it just was a, an understanding about courage that I've never had before. It was it's a it's a really good video today, and so I was writing about the self pity on my blog along with the video, and. <clears throat> I when I took Mother's first uh, online course, Let Go and Empower Your Life, each each uh, big teaching was centered around a particular mindset. And when we got to the self pity mindset, Charlotte, it was so it was such a big thing for me. I mean, the other mindsets were were also some of them were big, and you know the control mindset and the you know punishment mindset or whatever. But it was the self-pity mindset that just, and it so much shifted for me when we went through that part of the course. And I put a lot of effort into it because I knew this was a big, big thing for me uh, because it was one of the biggest ways that I waged war on myself internally was through my self-pity. And it shifted dramatically. It shifted so because. with self-pity for me I collapse right I collapse in on myself and I can't find my courage I can't feel my courage I can't let my courage do anything for me um and it shifted so dramatically and cleared so much out for me and allowed my courage to really flow in a way it had never flowed I don't know maybe since I was a little kid um that it's That is what allowed me to publish my book, uh, reach out to people like yourself and do what we're doing right now um, and create these online courses and just, you know, do the videos. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say everything stems from that transition, that shift that I made with, with self-pity. It was it was like the key for me,
1: you know, it was the key. Sure, sure. And a profound shift like that is going to bring about dramatic change. And and look at all that you're doing now. And just in, in my life, all that I've been doing in the last four or five years is just, yeah. it's just been such a beautiful journey. And it hasn't been without its challenges. But oh no! I no, learned to not take those challenges as personally, because right. in doing right, in in doing what I've been doing, it's closer to who I am, and so being that that much more centered in who I am, the forefront, and then everything right. else follows behind it rather than coming at you. So it's right. really been a, a beautiful change.
2: It is, and the trick was, for me, is I don't collapse in on myself anymore, um, or I shouldn't say anymore, <laughs> maybe that's too ambitious of a word, but I haven't since, you know, uh, since I took that, uh, that, since I did that course, um, and that was the problem for me, that was the result of my self-pity, is maybe I didn't collapse every time for everything but I often did it so often or in such a way that it was hard for me I mean I was always progressing and always growing emotionally and you know through always and life was getting better for sure but it was a super slow process and it wasn't until that collapsing in on myself stopped that I really was able to have big growth and big movement does that make sense
1: absolutely yeah when i I would
2: collapse then it would mm -hmm. take so long to rebuild and get me back to center you know and and i realized (laughs) when i don't have to uh be involved in the rebuilding process oh my gosh i have so much more energy available I have, mm-hmm. I have so much more mental space available for the things I want to create and the, the life I want to live. And, you know, it's, um, I didn't realize how much time and energy and internal space that self-pity and the results of self-pity, I didn't realize how much it was taking up. It was, that was a real surprise to me.
1: Mhm. And once you get a distance from it, um, by staying and staying beyond the it, um, I found that, the, let, let's look at it in terms of size, even though there really is no no difference. There can be like a small collapse or there can be a big collapse. Yeah. And is my, is my mic cutting out on me?
2: Just a tiny bit, but not enough to be problematic.
1: Okay, let me know and I'll just switch to my phone. Um, but anyway, I would notice um, the smaller ones, uh, I could get back to peace uh, much quicker than normal. Yeah. And so yeah. in, once you recognize, look at what you're doing to yourself, you're punishing yourself for something right. that happened outside of you, or maybe you brought it on, but you can't punish yourself for it. And so, what I would yeah. see it as, you know, just punish, self-punishment. And then when the bigger ones that, that build up and build up, and then you collapse, like we were talking, um, either the last segment or the segment before, then that's when you let go that that collapse is instrumental in helping you to let go and maybe we're in the control mindset that you were mentioning and but yes absolutely there's a difference now in recognizing it as it's going on recognizing your thoughts and then what's at it once you're in it because you can make those changes you have to make them internally and then see the immediate effects of that
2: Absolutely, and I find that anger is a good tool for me. I'm not. I'm not a. I, I don't really have issues with anger, per se. Uh, if anything, I I fall on the side of being afraid of, you know, expressing my anger. So I guess maybe I do have anger issues. <laughs> but um, I use. I started using anger, not in a big way or this horrible kind of destructive anger. But the kind of anger that's more based in determination, I can still feel sometimes the desire to want to collapse in on myself.
1: like mm-hmm. the you know that's
2: the war for me inside. There's this the you know my shadow's like it's seductive you know oh just collapse and then you can, you can lay around and bemoan your life and feel sorry for yourself and eat too much and not not show up for work you know not show up at your desk because as a self-employed person if <laughs> if I don't show up at my desk then you know things don't happen and <laughs> that's uh-huh. not a, that's a that's a real. Um, that I have used that to sabotage myself many times throughout my life because I've been self-employed for over 20 years. And so, um, you know, if, if I don't show up at my desk, then money doesn't get made and the bills don't get paid. You know, and then there's more drama that comes from that and mm-hmm. the war kind of just spills over into other areas. But it can be so seductive. And I'm using anger more uh, since I took that course to say no no, I just shut it down. Like, I don't feel like there's much left for me to learn about my self pity. It's not like some revelation, like, I need to let it come up so I can explore it. You know, I've done a lot. Great. Right. I am intimately familiar with self pity. And so it has become more now a case of just um, saying, no, no. I am not going to go down that road. I refuse because I know where that road leads me. I know what happens and the really, like I was saying, the horrible domino effect of it can affect my income, my ability to support myself and my son, you know, all these things. And I have put myself not since I had my child, but I have in past put myself at such financial risk because of self pity and the collapse that came through that that I, I had a hard time paying my bills and had to ask for loans from my parents. You know, this was a long time ago, but still, I have a very clear picture of where self pity gets me. Uh, it mm-hmm. is the same trajectory it 's the same path i've trod it over and over again in my life, and i don't need to do that for self awareness, but what I need to do sometimes is just shut it down, and I mm-hmm. have to get that kind of growly kind of anger you know that's like no, no 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 I, i'm not going to do it it's not going to happen i I have to do something else and uh, And oftentimes I'll do the exact opposite. Like if I want to collapse and be sorry for myself and not show up at my desk, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get right up. I'm going to do my meditation practice. I'm going to shower, and I'm going to go right to my desk, even if it's 730 in the morning. (laughs) I'm going to go right Right. to my desk. -hmm. So I don't feel like I'm waging war with it anymore but I do feel that I have to stay on top of it. Does that make sense? Like I have to be real self-aware when it comes to self-pity.
1: Yes. And then seeing the signs and the feelings and the thoughts that precede that. And I'm glad you brought up the anger because I've been, I've been teaching on the show all these years that there are negative and positive expression to every emotion. And in terms of anger, what I, what I learned to do is use it as a tool and allow it to come up just enough to get clarity, to get clear and be decisive. And so that's what you're describing in that you got angry enough to say, No, you're not getting your punches into me. I will continue to be productive in spite of how I feel. And so yes. because you, exactly. you've got that forward movement going and you maintain the momentum, that's what I found it does. It really can uh, impact your. And you know, we're both very busy and the and these desks are very important to what we do. And so the self pity then without without the anger to say love it away, but using the anger because you love yourself more than your impulse to punish yourself for whatever for That's right. reason. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think love
2: is big enough to include that kind of anger. You know, because I, I I find that kind of healthy anger and not non-destructive anger. Uh-huh. Nor nor am I pushing myself to do something I'm not ready to do. It's not that kind of anger either. You know, uh-huh. it's it's more that determination. Like I'm determined to keep doing what what does make me feel good and what I, I do enjoy doing. Uh-huh. Um, and and I I think. I think that's definitely a part of love. I think that's a positive emotion because um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, and maybe I'm an eternal optimist, but I, I don't think we'd be given stuff, you know, anger, uh, ego, shadow. I don't think we'd be given those things if they weren't positive, if we didn't need them. And Absolutely. I, mm-hmm. That's what my my big shift in the war on myself, that's the big shift that's happening, is that if I've got it, there are positive aspects to it. I may not know them completely, and that's part of the discovery, but I that's what a lot of my faith is based in, because otherwise, uh, then that means some bigger force is punishing me with my ego or with my shadow or, you know, with quote unquote negative emotions that I'm being punished because I can't get rid of my ego. I can't just pluck it out. So I I can't live a a big part of me sort of uh, ending the war with myself is, is um, another mindset is that punishment mindset. I have to get out, under the punishment mindset that no one's punishing me you know not god's not punishing me spirit's not punishing me you know evolution isn't punishing me with the way i I am as a human being Uh you know what i'm saying because that was Uh a part of my self-pity is that every that uh, i had this terrible life and all these horrible burdens and that i was being punished because i'm this horrible person and and that, again, it's, it all stems from that feeling sorry for myself and that self-pity. So it was uh, vital for me to get out from under that mindset. And I know there's a lot of teachings out there that talk about, uh, you know, the ego is a bad thing and we need to not give in to the ego or whatever. And that's okay. I'm, I'm not criticizing anybody else's teachings. It's just they don't work for me because, uh, you know, if I have it, and it's bad or wrong, then I immediately punish myself for having it. And, mm-hmm. you know, forget about being able to shift it because I'm just too lost in punishing myself.
1: Right. Well, I my, my pivotal moment was when uh, Mother was talking about the shadow, and mm-hmm. then I understood that it was a support system. Yeah, and that that made sense of a lot. That you know how you can figure out and understand events in your life in small in small scopes and and not with a a very connected um, viewpoint. But when she said that, I was able to look back and look at the times where, if we call it negative, when, we can use negative and positive for a second. But there really isn't um, when that negative of me pushed me down even further, that got me closer to myself and then it, the faithful yeah. side of me the side of me who knows who I am is the side that climbed out of that and so yes. in order to recognize your true self you need that, you need that balance and that polarity in order to experience yeah. both so that you know where you are at any given moment and so far as you know, other teachings I teach A Course in Miracles and yes, it it basically wants you to Um, deny the ego. But I see it at a much deeper level that, okay, it's necessary to the human experience, but you can learn to work with it. And as long as you understand your own ego, like, and I tell everybody, the ego is one thing. It just knows your personality and how to use it against you. And so if we delve into it and I can figure out how it works, then it gives me less trouble. So what I do, I don't deny my ego, but I can relinquish it when I feel it pulling at me, like with using self-pity Right. um right. Anger, or, or you know, self-loathing, whatever it's using against me, and then that's when I can say, "No, I relinquish this. I am staying here in the middle. I will be at peace." That's right. Yeah. And it's and the more you do it, the easier it gets. It really does.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I and I'm okay if I feel I'm having a negative emotion or experience or you know shadows up or. As long as I don't dip into uh, the punishment around it, do, do you know what right. I'm saying? Like I, it, it's yeah. the punishment yeah. factor for me that just pulls me under. And you know, because uh, I haven't, I haven't just made a mistake. I am the mistake. Because if I have this thing that is wrong inside of me or bad or I shouldn't have it, oh my God, I can just. I can dine off of that for years, you know. So
0: it just, just
2: does not
0: work for me.
2: And, you know, and maybe it's just a rearrangement of semantics, but it, it really works for me. It, it, it's so helpful to know that everything I have, and, again, this is just from Mother's teachings, that everything we have is necessary. Like, we need it. It's important. Uh, if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be human we'd be something else, which we will be at some point in our evolution, but we're not that right now. You know, right, right. now I'm, I'm a human. And learning to work with what I have rather than against what I have shifted everything
1: for me. Me too. Uh, I've had a rough day, but Now but
2: Hey, Charlotte. Now you're
1: starting yeah. to really cut out badly. Okay, I'm gonna to switch to my phone. Hang on one second. Okay. Yeah. Uh
2: yeah, you're still kinda of cutting a little bit, but it's it's better.
1: Yeah. No, I put the headset back on now. The, but it wasn't uh, connected yet. Yeah, on one second. I don't know why this is doing this. Hang on. Bear with me one minute. I don't want to lose. There it is. Okay. okay.
2: Listen, technology and higher energy is a, a challenge. <laughs> just um, is. You're, I can't tell you um, how
1: many challenges I have with technology,
2: with channeling rather.
1: Well, I'm just so, um, it's, it's really tiring. It's really tiring with, um, I work hard, you know, and I'm, yeah, I I put a lot of effort into what I do, and I consider a lot of details. I'm detail-oriented, and then just to have something as simple as the connection won't hold because of the amount of energy that's coming through, it can be very discouraging. It is,
2: and I I am with you. And I spend a lot of time also looking into uh, reviews on technology Uh, when I do a show with someone, like just, uh, I don't know... Not even a year, maybe a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely maybe a year ago, uh, I did uh, a woman in Australia name's Karen Swain. She does really great work. And I, I was on her show, and I, I loved the platform. It was a video show, and I loved the platform. And I was like, hey, what are you using, you know? And she explained mm-hmm. it all to me. And I signed up right away. And the last course that I did, the online course with Mother that just finished, um, that was all video, and I used the new platform, and it worked beautifully, Charlie. I had hardly any – I had almost no technical problems for the entire course. It was miraculous. I mean, it was miraculous. That's and right. she was pumping out intense energy, let me tell you. I mean, it was big. And it, and it all held, and I was so grateful. But I have, I have spent years on platforms – where the technology was so patchy and difficult and it would be, you know, so for those people that are listening, you know, just know that you've got these, you know, these certain waves of energy that are providing the, the radio or the internet connect or whatever. And then you've got this higher energy that Jesus and mother are pumping out. And, Sometimes they work great together, and sometimes they just don't and you know it is it's been a challenge, I think, from the time she came to me, even when I did massage, I would go through so many boom boxes. I can't even tell you
1: <laughs> they, they would
2: like, even
1: then maybe
2: wow. maybe a year and a half maybe uh, wow. and you know as part of my budget in my in my work was <laughs> boom box budgets. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness.
2: I was spending so much. it just is. They would just literally yeah. burn out. So you're not alone. It it definitely is part of the gig and it's a
1: drag, but at least we get to do this, right? Even though it can be spotty. Right? And everybody understands cuz it's been happening for a while. Well, since last year, since um yeah, yeah. Since, uh, since I met just, you, uh,
2: <laughs> <There> it is. <laughs> it's it's part of it, and it's rare when you find other shows, other spiritual shows, whether it's doing video or, or audio, that aren't also struggling with, uh, you know, with this kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah.
1: I, you're 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 in good company, sister. Well, it's good to know I'm not alone. <laughs> Anywho. Well, I am very curious to hear what Mother has to say about all that we were discussing. Yeah. And what did I want to say? Oh, that's right. Right as the, my headset started cutting out. Uh, speaking of anger, I was talking to Mother, and um, I, I think I must have asked, like, what the purpose was of some event. Like, well, what was the purpose of it? Why, why did I need that experience? And her response made me laugh at myself because she says, because sometimes in order to get you to to go in the direction we need you to go in, it takes anger for you to do it. Yep. And so you create create the scenarios to basically insult yourself. Then you become angry, and then you take action, and then go in the direction your soul wants you to go in. And I was like, oh, my God, I can see so many instances of that. That's funny. So I get to laugh at it and then um, grow from it and move on and, and, and then not, maybe not need that anymore, you know what I mean, or less and less. I do,
2: I do, I do, because it's, it is a, I, and, just, and that's a great example that anger can be a tool, you know, when the divine mm-hmm. is encouraging you to say, hey, you just let that production." Of anger be, and maybe we're using I don't know if it's the right word, but you know each uh, mother talks about only having three main emotions: happy, sad, and angry, and everything is an offshoot of that. So maybe that right. kind of um, that kind of intense determination comes falls under the heading of anger. It's just a mild version of it, you know. Sure.
1: But it works. Well, it's so a lot, lot of the anger scares a lot of people because it has such a destructive force, like a cyclone when it gets out of control. Where yep. silence can be used as weapons, and and in my life, in my childhood especially, it, the house where I grew up it was very violent, uh, verbally, physically. There was just all this. There was a lot of anger, and so I, I became afraid of it. So then I became afraid to express my own because then it usually came with consequences for having. Done so, and then, as I am, or even on on a normal day, I'm very slow to anger. I normally have to be very, very hurt over time in order to get angry to that point. But yeah, yeah. using it as using it as a way to dig your heels in and be persistent, because persistence yes. can be difficult. Yes. Yes. And persistence uh, can be per- difficult, so you use it as a shoehorn. hmm <laughs> Yes. Use it as a shoehorn. Get yourself moving. Get up, that's get right. going. Yeah. What are you that's doing? great. I like that image. I like, I like metaphors.
2: They're great. They work. They work. I love it because it always brings up the visual, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, let let me bring Mother through, and we'll see what uh, what she has to say about the war okay. on self. Hold on just okay. a second. Talk to you when you get back. Hello, beloved one, and hello, hello Mother, those who welcome. are listening today. Mm-hmm. Good to have you here, Mother. Thank you, my dear. It is wonderful to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we are talking about uh, the war with self, yes? So there are many, many ways that people wage war with themselves, Um, and the most common term for that is struggle, right? I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, Um, I'm uh, fighting myself on this, don't know where to go, can't do that. There's all this uh, first and foremost, there's often a lot of language around this war with self, and that comes from a long history of people not understanding the nature of struggle, not understanding themselves, and so they relate that struggle uh, to the war's outside in the world, right? And the wars outside mm-hmm. in the world are simply an outer extension of the inner war or the inner struggle. So, mm-hmm. the first thing that is that one can do in a positive way is to, um, to sit down and write about what are you fighting for? Right? To establish, like in a war, uh, when uh, people are asked to fight for this particular uh, war, uh, they ask themselves, what am I fighting for? Or what are we fighting for? What is the point of this war? Why Mm -hmm. are we waging it? Why are we engaging with with it? And why are we willing to die for it? Right? Mm -hmm. These are very big questions. Very big questions. So if you feel that there is an ongoing struggle inside of you, um, and maybe it's a few different ongoing struggles, or maybe you just feel there's sort of one that feels endless inside, Mm -hmm. sit down and ask yourself, what are you fighting for? meaning what do you want to achieve, all right? So if you look outside at wars, the people who begin the war, what do they want to achieve? Well, sometimes they want more power. They want more land. They want um, to take over the government. They want to uh, sometimes make things better. It's a revolution, or it's a coup, or it's this, and there are so many motivations, and then the people that are, that come in to help fight the war, maybe they believe in the cause, maybe they are trying to stop uh, the people who started the war, because uh, they have a different ideology, different belief, they feel they are the defenders, rather than the oppressors, so, Recognize that inside of you, inside of all of you, there are motivations. Right? There is always motivations. You struggle inside yourself because you, you want something, or you need something. Something needs to be achieved, and the first thing is to get very clear on what you are fighting for and don't don't take it out into the material, right? Even Mm -hmm. if you feel that the struggle is about, "Mm, should I buy the car, should I not buy the car, should I move my place of dwelling, should I not move, Uh, should I marry this person, should I not marry this person, Don't take it outside of self. Yes, those things might be what triggered the struggle. But ultimately, your motivations are based within your own needs, your core needs, right? What are you fighting for? Are you fighting for safety? Are you fighting for enlightenment? Are you fighting uh, for, are you fighting against your own shadow? Are you fighting for something, against something, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Once you establish what you're fighting for, then it's much, much, much easier to find the solution and to find a resolution Oftentimes, people make the struggle about the outside things. They convince themselves, well, uh, if I didn't need a new car, I wouldn't be struggling about whether to buy this car or just repair the old one. So it's really about the cars, but it's not.
0: The struggle
2: is about your own needs. Maybe it's about... Uh, the cost of buying a new car, and that 's about money, and what is money really about safety, security. Maybe you need the new car because you want to feel more safe because the old one doesn 't feel safe anymore. So, mm-hmm. does that make sense absolutely if If something inside of you isn 't triggered then the decision to buy the new car or not buy the car, it's not a struggle, right? Uh, Right. To marry or not marry, it's not a struggle. There is no war. Now, some people have been waging a war within themselves for a long part of their lives. uh, And it has nothing to do, no origin in the outer life, but the origin and... Uh, the continuation of it, has always taken place inside. So establishing what you're fighting for actually gives you insight into how to find peace. Maybe you have uh, lived a life that was very dark in the beginning, abusive family history, uh, and maybe you continue that abuse towards self once you left the home. Uh, This is very common amongst people who are from traumatic or abusive households. They sort of just continue the war, right? They grow up in a battle zone, so to speak, and they just Mm -hmm. continue the war. But once you leave the home Mm -hmm. of your parents, and you choose to continue that war inside yourself, that's when you have to ask, well, what am I fighting for with myself? right? Uh, Maybe Mm. when I was living in my home of origin, I was fighting against the adults who were abusive, or uh, the battle was more obvious. But now within myself, the war within myself, what am I fighting for? What do I want? What do I hope to achieve by this war within self? These are the questions you ask because it is never a good idea to just let the battle rage and ignore it and just think, well, this is uh, how it is. Um, I've always felt this inner struggle, it's part of who I am, and those things are true, but if you don't question, if you don't stop, even just asking yourself that one question, what am I fighting for, that can have reverberations throughout the whole of your being, because all of a sudden, it's like everything stops inside, and the battle is uh, you, there's a small reprieve and it's like people wake up. the Parts of you wake up inside and sort of shake off this habitual struggle and say, yes, what are we fighting for? What are we doing here? What do we want to achieve by this struggle? <laughs> because if you recognize But struggle is really just a challenge to grow. That's all it is. These inner wars that people wage with themselves, whether mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, these are all just challenges that you are being offered to grow within your being. So the more consciousness you bring to each struggle, or maybe as I said, it's just one big struggle that seems like it's been going on for years. The more Mm -hmm. consciousness you bring, the easier it is for you to look at the different motivations inside. What is the shadow striving for? What is the light striving for? What is, uh, what's really going on here? What parts of self is this struggle between? Right? Is it shadow mm-hmm. and light? Or uh, is it uh, your own need to cling to the past, to cling to fear? Always you find answers when you stop and you're just ask yourself very simple, direct questions. And then you take the time and you make the effort to fill out the answers. Sometimes people don't even ask themselves. This is a good example. When Danielle first got on her spiritual path, she was very new, months into, and uh, was willing to abstain from many of her old addictions. And a friend of hers asked her, point blank, what do you want? And it was a moment where no one had ever asked her that, not in that way. After that, And she had never asked herself that. What do you want? It can be a deer-in-the-headlights moment, because Mm. people rarely take the time. And the way it was asked, it wasn't, uh, she got it, right? It wasn't just about, oh, do you want uh, this or that, or not so much uh, physical wants, or Um, wants based in fantasy, oh, I want a big house and lots of money and a pretty car. It wasn't that kind. It was what do you want? And it went right to her core, meaning what do you want in the depths of your being? People rarely ask themselves this question. It's easy to say, what do I want, and keep it on the surface. Well, I want uh, to have this or that, or I want to achieve this or do that. But it's the core that I'm talking about.
1: Mm -hmm. What do you want?
2: And that cuts right through the war, cuts right through the struggle. It's hard to continue struggling when you take the time to focus on what you want or what you need, what you desire deep inside your being. Some people only have one want or one need. One or two. It's not as if you will find a giant uh, list, right, in the core Mm -hmm. of your being. There only exists one or a very few different wants, needs, desires. When you focus on those, then the struggle quiets and all of a sudden you are more in solution mode rather than maintaining. Because that's what struggle does. That's what the inner war does. It maintains your problem. And it's like, okay. it's like uh, it feeds the problem, it helps maintain the problem, it helps keep the problems in the forefront, it uh, can make you perceive that uh, you have a lot of problems. Um, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. So when you cut into the heart of it, bypass the struggle and go straight to what do I want? And even in uh, the question of buying the car or repairing the old one, you go deep. What do I want? And if the answer is, I need to feel safe, I want to feel safe, and oftentimes that makes the decision right there. And you say, okay, okay. It's the new car, uh, because the old car is absolutely not safe. It's been proven it's not really as safe for me anymore. And I need to be safe. I need to feel safe in the core of my being. No more struggle. And what do you know? The money shows up somehow every month to make that car payment. <laughs> does
1: that make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh huh. That's uh, yeah, that's why I bought mine. (laughs) I needed to be convinced to do this a little bit. I needed a little support in that regard, but yes, once you know, when it came down to the safety issue, that is what helped me to let go of my attachment to the old one. Yes. And And let it go. Indeed. But you can take this same example
2: with the car and bring it to all your same struggles. Anytime you're waging war or you feel you have a niggling feeling in the back of your mind that there is some kind of war that you've been waging against yourself for a long time, then take the time to feel what that struggle is all about. And it might take a while because if it's um, sort of been operating under the radar, it can take a while for uh, consciousness to come, for understanding, for even recognition. So you must be patient with yourself, right? Um, Mm. It's a little bit like, you know how countries try to use diplomacy before they go to war? Most of the time, not all the time, but much of the time, they employ diplomacy, right? And what is Mm -hmm. that about? Well, it's about uh, everyone gets to share their grievances, the problems, what they feel they need, and then there is compromise or concessions or giving and taking. Uh, So it's a very complex uh, solution, but it works. So you apply diplomacy to yourself. And the one thing that every diplomat knows, you have to have a lot of patience when it comes to diplomacy. Sometimes you work a long time and then things fall apart and you have to regroup and start again. But recognize that if you feel you are at war with yourself, any length to which you can go to employ diplomacy is going to be the best solution.
1: Hmm. Not always easy.
2: Oh, no. I did not use that word once, did I? Hmm? No, you didn't. <laughs> Because to know what you want at the core of your being can be frightening. Um, because that's sort of a little, little bit like Pandora's box. Once you let those, um your know, that recognition of what you need at the core of your being, then it's, um, you start to take a look at other parts of your life. And let's say, for example, I'll keep using safety or security as a big one because um, it is for almost everyone. uh, It's rare when that's not at the core for people. So um, as you grow, your ideas, your perceptions, your beliefs around safety change, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so when they change, you reevaluate Hmm, am I depending on old versions of safety over here in this part of my life, even though I know I have a new version of safety because I know what I need at my core, my beliefs are changing, I'm growing. And then, of course, you think, oh, well, okay, it's time to apply the new version of safety to this other area of my life and then you see oh here's another area of my life where i can apply this new uh, safety so it's not easy because once you begin any kind of process in the depths of your being it's always a domino effect it leads to the next and the next and the next but the good news is There's no race to the finish line. No one is pushing you or forcing you to that next step. We would rather you go slowly and consistently, and that way you... That's a very big part of feeling safe all along the way so that you are not... um, pushing yourself to be something that you're not. So it isn't easy, but if you are slow and consistent, it can be much easier.
1: Okay. You you can't push yourself too hard. You can't have to grow into that. You can't just, Um, it just doesn't work that way
2: no you can uh, challenge yourself and that's the tool you were talking earlier you can use your determination you can use your uh, stick to itness to keep going but that's different than forcing yourself Uh, forcing and pushing you always push back that's part of being human you must allow yourself mm. to be pushed and pushed and pushed, and then at some point you push back, gloriously slow. So, But mm. sometimes that pushback can have a very, very destructive uh, outcome on the individual and sometimes uh, on the people in the individual's life. So that's why I prefer slow and steady and not to push, Patience first, uh, because um, it's part of your natural defenses. It's part of your instinctual uh, being as a human to push back when you are pushed too far and too hard, right? So you don't want to do that to yourself. Then life becomes very hard, and you think, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Look what happened. And most often when you are trying to grow or you're trying new things and you push too hard, too fast, um, that's uh, really using resistance and your shadow to um, sort of prove that what you were doing wasn't working, that it Mm. wasn't right, and then you go back to doing nothing. So be careful. That's the tendency. Let's, let's just push through it. Let's do it quick. Get it over with, and then we can reap all the benefits. But the being inside doesn't like to be pushed. Challenged, yes. Encouraged, yes. Uh, reminded of uh, how positive the actions are, yes. But pushed, no.
0: is
1: it simple enough or is it more specific is it simple enough for all of us to say that what we really want deep down inside is peace since we can come up with labels for things and people and places but really what we want is peace and safety like that. Well, for
2: most people, uh, safety, uh, peace is a result of safety, right? Um, right. And that's uh, when anyone, you can ask anyone living in a war zone, they crave peace, they want uh, the conflict to end, they want peace again, because they crave that safety that comes with uh, peace. So, right. okay. uh, yes. Um, but also... Uh, love, people want love. What I find that most everyone in the core of their being they want to uh, feel love, they want to know love, and they want to feel safe. And that's uh, oftentimes it. But to connect with that want it's different to say it now here today in this moment we are just having a conversation about it but it's very very powerful and empowering when you connect with your core need and want not just telling yourself well I know that I want love and I want to feel safe and so I'm going to make choices based on this uh, understanding. That can often be very uh, like a mental exercise. But when you experience that need, that true desire for love, it's very different. It feels so extraordinary, as if you are all of a sudden plugged in to yourself and you just are lit up.
1: Mm. Hmm. Wow I'm trying to come up with a question but it really is just that um, one of those things especially with the way you explain it that the understanding is there and then I guess the next step is just putting that into practice and Being consistent with that on at least hopefully a daily basis, right?
2: Correct. And the more you can uh, again identify what are you fighting for, what's the motivation? uh, Are there two sides? Are there five sides? What parts of self are engaged in this uh, struggle, this battle? Um, you write about it, you uh, think about it, you talk to friends about it, you share about it, uh, ask about how do they feel that they are involved in an in inner struggle. And if so, what does that feel like for them? So the more you can um, sort of saturate in the understanding around that, the easier it is to get in touch with what's going on inside of you. And then if you can take the time and make the effort to reach into your core wants, to establish that for yourself. That can be like a a compass, right, for the whole of your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes what you'll find in there, maybe it's just one thing. Maybe for you individually, you want love. And from that, your own belief around love, everything stems from that safety, abundance, joy, um, what have you. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it may not be the kind of love you are seeing at the movie theater, right? Uh, So when you, I will give this last caveat before we end today, that um, when you get in touch with your core issues, your deep, uh, not issues, excuse me, wrong word, your core needs, when you touch them, when you feel them, they are defined not by your mind, not by your community, not by your social media, not by any religion or anything else. They are defined by you, your inner self, your being. And so when you touch that inner need, at the core of your being, that's where your strength flows from, right? Because it's like your guiding light, so to speak, or, yes, compass, that's a good word, because it points you to your true north so that all your endeavors or what you engage with or whom you engage with is based on that that core need. And not from like a desperate place, oh, I need love, or so I'm going to go out and do anything to be loved. No, no, that comes from the mind and uh, the upbringing and the, uh, the shadow. I'm talking about like a very pure feeling or a pure experience. And it is very powerful and it can engage you, point you in the right direction, and give you the strength you need to live a life that is based on that and really not much else.
1: Now, when you say, um, if, to ask yourself, you know, what parts of, of self are engaged in the battle, um, just to clarify, do you mean shadow and light, or are there other aspects of self to consider?
2: Yes, yes. Um how the shadow and light are sort of the overarching energies, but there's your mind. Sometimes people can be at mind with their, uh, excuse me, at at war with their own mind, right? Their thought patterns. They use them in such a way that it's almost like a constant battle going on inside, and they are quick to fall into certain uh, thought patterns. That feel painful or destructive, or upsetting or stressful. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, or it's... the body, right? So uh, if you have an ongoing low-grade illness, um, you there is some kind of struggle, some kind of battle going on inside of you, and um, that that battle. Per, Uh, maintains the illness. Now, it's not necessarily that the battle itself or the struggle itself is the cause of the illness, um, but it certainly maintains the illness. It helps to maintain the illness. So when you are uh, choosing to find what you really need, to focus on that, then solution comes, whether it's a solution in how to untangle your thought patterns and to settle them into uh, patterns that are positive and helpful, or whether it's solutions around the illness that you've been struggling with for a long time, uh, or the pain in your back or your knee, Does that make sense? Once you uh, disengage from the struggle, that's when solution flows in. But you have to establish where's the struggle happening? What are the parts of me that are uh, embattled? Mm. Maybe it's just emotion, right? Maybe it's your Mm. own perception around your childhood, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. you are stuck in a groove of perceiving your childhood in a very particular way. And that vision of your own childhood uh, perpetuates. That's the struggle. And the struggle, um, it feeds your perception, your negative perception about your childhood. So the struggle can be... In many different parts of self, there can be a lot of small struggles going on, one big one, uh, or one big one that seems to impact many different parts of self. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes.
1: Absolutely. And with, um, with the work that I do with my clients, if that helps me understand it in a much clearer sense because I have to explain to them why often even though they do have a very committed spiritual practice or they um, utilize various modalities for healing or yoga know, you know whatever people whatever tools people use to try to clear out clear out their they're constantly doing something or going to someone to help them do that but this is really what they're trying to get to is that correct Correct,
2: yes. What am I fighting for? What am I fighting for? And sometimes people, uh, the answer can be, uh, I'm fighting for my very sanity, or I'm fighting for my uh, my growth, my desire to get out of or to shift my perception about my childhood. Uh, But until that's identified, then it's hard to focus in on it and really work
1: towards solution. Is it, is, it, is it the goal to shift one's perception about the childhood from negative to positive or more towards the neutral to where it doesn't affect you at all? Whatever works, beloved. I'm a
2: very okay. big advocate of whatever works uh, because positive might be asking too much right that might be too lofty a goal but uh how about uh, at least at least shifting uh, the perspective from destructive into uh, just simply it simply was acceptance acceptance yes to move from right. destructive to accepting. That's all. And sometimes that's all people need. But
1: but that's why I asked the question because (laughs) I didn't want people to think, what are they saying? I'm supposed to, you know, throw roses in the air about my childhood and and I wanted to make sure that everybody knows, no, that's not what the goal here is. I didn't need to pose the question the right way. Okay, I think that's clear for everybody. Yes,
2: because uh, when you believe you've had a destructive childhood. Again, you take the war that took place inside your home as a child and you've brought it, you've maintained it. Right? You, are, you are continuing the struggle inside yourself. Right. So you want to shift that perspective of your childhood from destructive to acceptance. And if you can go farther, great, fantastic, but it's not necessary. As long as the perception is no longer destructive, that will go a long way in helping you to understand what you're fighting for and how to shift the whole energy involved in the struggle.
1: Beautiful. Okay.
2: All right, beloved. All right. Thank you, Mother. You are most welcome, my dear. And I am very, very grateful to you, beloved, for the work you do and for uh, the space you are providing for those such as myself to come and teach and to touch uh, the lives of others. I love you, my daughter.
1: Mm -hmm. I love you so much.
2: I know it, and it's wonderful. And I also want to say to all that are listening, I love you so very much. Cherish you, support you in whatever you choose. My love is unconditional, and I'm here if you need support or guidance. Hmm? Namaste, beloved. Namaste, Mother. Thank you. goodness. (laughs)
1: goodness. <laughs> I almost cried on that one. I almost, but did not. I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wow. That was,
2: that was powerful.
1: Mm. That was deep. And yet plus, it's so simple. Yeah. It's, it is and it isn't. It sounds yeah. simple. But then as I started kind of taking notes, like oh there's work to do you know
2: right there's right
1: layers and so many things to consider my goodness yes
2: the layers it's a simple concept but you know working your way down to see, fe- working our way let me include myself in that uh down to you know the core needs the core wants i, I honestly in in some ways i feel as though i'm just i'm just coming to those realizations um And I'm 52, you know, and I and I've been on the spiritual path actively since I was 27. So this and granted, granted, let me just let me just say that I am a very rebellious person by nature. So I have been, really, you know, good periods of time in full-out, all-out rebellion and rejection of all this. but I always work my way back in not such a long period of time. But at the same time, I, I realized that, you know, core wants, core needs. And, and when she was talking about touching that, see, that's the thing. Like I, I can feel it sort of emotionally and mentally maybe, but, but I don't know that I've ever really gotten down, down, down and touched that those core needs or one core need to the extent that I've I've had that experience. When she talks about, like, it's almost like finally plugging into the light socket and just being lit up, I don't know that I've really gotten down, down to that yet.
1: I don't know if I have either. I know there are times in my life where I have felt peace that is almost indescribable. Yes. But I don't know that I plugged into the core need space. That's something. and maybe that
2: was it. You know, without you knowing that you were plugging into it, I think that's that's definitely true. You know, we've. I think I've plugged into myself deeply in ways, but not, never consciously like doing that process. Does that make sense? Right. By by searching that's, for my my real core need.
1: Right. I think it was right before I started channeling Jesus. I got to a point where I could honestly say I wouldn't change a thing about my life, and I meant it. Body, heart, mm-hmm. mind, spirit. I, I There's not one thing about my life that I would change, and it was profoundly uh, from my normal mindset, which was always, you know, whether we call it monkey mind, the negative taste playing, it was just peace and silence in this skull, I swear, And I felt like I was floating, and I just was lit up. I really was lit up. But I think with an experience like that, there's a little bit of a dissension, like an airplane coming in for a landing, and then you kind of, it dissipates somewhat. Like, you, you carry it with you, but there's a bit of a crash. As maybe we let that perception go, and maybe is, is that is a little more difficult to maintain. I don't know. Yeah. But I do remember well, yeah. it vividly.
2: Yeah, it is difficult but. to maintain. I agree. I agree. Um, and, you know, but that's oftentimes why people, and I, I think that's why they go, you know, to the ashram and go meditate on the mountaintop for, you know, decades. It's, it's, uh, there are some ways and places in life where it can be a little easier to maintain that or work on that. So it's a challenge to to be out in the world and, you know, involved with all the stimulus and everyday life. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think that's sometimes I, I feel that's part of what contributes to my, my, uh, my slow learning <laughs> process. <laughs> just other things that take my attention and, uh, you know, that I need yeah. to give my attention to. So.
1: Yeah, and there are many who do go, they prefer isolation or disconnection from the outside world in, in yeah. the name of spirituality or spiritual development, but it really is just isolation and seclusion and at times for some people. That can be even harder because it's a constant thing where you're always aware of what's going on inside you. Whereas interacting with the world kind of gives you a break from your head sometimes, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you once again for being a part of the show. Oh, goodness. And I. I will um, look forward to the next time. Let me give the website to everybody. Go check out Danielle's website. Get the book. It's profoundly life-changing. And visit BelovedPublications.com to do that. Find out about the classes, events, everything that Danielle has going on. And don't forget, you can listen to her on ConsciousTalk.net every second Friday of each month. And I believe that's at noon, isn't it? Uh
2: um, yeah. well it depends because drive time. They're actually at drive time. They're early in Seattle okay. time, Pacific time, so it's later in the day for other people. Um, but yep. yeah, Pacific time it's like seven a.m. or something crazy like that. Um, but uh, oh, and I also wanted to mention that um, I'm. I still have three more. Uh, classes for the Healing with Love series that Mother Mary is doing. Uh, so you can, if you go to my website um, and click on Events and Classes, you will find it there. They have been fantastic. We've done two already, and oh my gosh, they are so powerful. Basically, what she's doing is she's giving everybody a lot of loving energy, and you, the individual, get to get to. Uh, direct that or channel that to any part of yourself or something that you feel needs some energy to kind of give you a boost or a, uh, a help to get unstuck or she's just, she just offering lots and lots of energy and you get to actively and consciously decide where that energy goes and it has been fantastic. So that is happening. I have three more of those classes. The next one is happening on the 15th of August at 4.30 p.m. Pacific
1: time. Excellent. And that's BelovedPublications.com, everyone. Don't forget. Wow. Terrific. And I look forward to our next... Me too. Thanks, Charlotte. You're very welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That is our show for today. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.